We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about being young, in love, and navigating life one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello and welcome to episode 25 of Married Millennials. It's starting to feel a lot like autumn. Your favorite season is upon us. I'm so excited. I've got pumpkin candles for days. That was literally the first (laughs) task for this weekend. I was like, baby, we need to go get the pumpkin candles. Right. We spent hour, not hour, I'd say a good hour going between two stores trying to find the right pumpkin candles. We did not. It wasn't an hour. I refuse to accept that. 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah, that sounds And we smelled every single fall, autumn, pumpkin, cinnamon candle. That was on Don't the Don't act shelves. like you weren't into it. I was into it because I don't want my house smelling horribly, but it yeah. was literally the first order of business this weekend. We don't like maple undertones. I don't like the maple. It smells like syrup. Yeah. You guys burn sticks maple. to your place. It smells like pancakes, breakfast all yeah. day. We made that mistake That's a few years cute. ago. Was that about, I'd say about two years no, ago. No, it was when we first, it was the year we moved in. I think it was three years. Lit it's, the candle. We're like, uh, oh yeah, yeah. And then about an hour or two went by and I was like, babe, why does it smell like breakfast in here? See, I think it smells like pee, personally. I think maple smells a little bit like pee. Pee? Like, like leftover really? pee. Pee? That's what it, yes. That's what it smells like to me. No, so. it, doesn't, it does not smell like pee. Yes, it does. It smells like pee when we come home and our dogs piss on our kitchen floor because they're in boycott of our time away i've had to bleach that floor so many times now i'm mopping like a crazy woman they're they're boycotting us i love my dogs i really do but cleaning up pee every day it's like i don't know there's some some dog owners out there who have their dogs really trained like i'm kind of jealous if you're that person they are trained they've regressed they we they were completely fine we had a music situation because remember we were playing the music through the television, but we canceled our cable. So now we play it through Spotify on the computer. And I think somehow they know the difference and they're wild now. They were completely fine with the TV. Yeah. I don't know what, what's happened. But they're my, the only ones. My who dogs have rebelled. And every time we come home, I have to walk around the house with my, my phone flashlight yep. and check all over the floor floor to see if they've peed anywhere. And they cower. We have, we have. Isn't that ridiculous, y'all? It. Like, do, do your dogs do that? Anyone? Right. Or are we just alone in this quest? No, they do it. We're not alone. I know we're not alone in this. I hope not. And I, I think, or at least I try to believe that I can kind of train my dogs, but then I see people walking their dogs on leashes who are just completely calm and well-behaved, and my dogs are the anti-well-behaved <laughs> when walking. You know why? Because you have to hand, handle them calmly. You have to be very calm when training a dog. You're not calm. My demeanor is the anti You're calm. You're 0% calm. So if you're amped up, they're going to be amped up. That is exactly why. I can tell you that. Oh, I'm not Caesar Milan. <laughs> right. And nobody asked you to be, but they're going to continue to probably pee, and we're going to continue to clean, which is why we have to continue to buy candles. It will smell good in here always. It does, and it smells nice. We do need some air wicks, though. Like Costco God. was out of our air yeah. wicks last time we went, and now I have to wait because they're putting a sale starting on the 29th. On my air wicks, I'm, right now I'm in limbo between my air wicks and my candle smell, but it still smells bomb. No, it if you ever come to the Love Jay's nest, 
it's going to yes, smell delightful. That is the actual name of our place, Nest. We do like, I think everybody is like 2% basic, right? Like we like pumpkin 2% candles. 2% basic? <laughs> yes. We like uh, air wicks. We've named our, uh, our place. Like those are basic habits. But I think we're not basic people, but I think everyone has basic tendencies. We're definitely more than 2% basic. <laughs> I don't want to be more than 2%. <laughs> everybody <laughs> is basic. Yeah. Everyone has their own basic moments. When they're private. Well, like, we don't know everyone's private life from what you see publicly. Like, oh, these guys are doing so many things. But I'm sure they have some right. basic ass 10%. habits. 10%. We're 10% basic. Just in like the little things that we truly it's like. It's part of I our think. humanity. Right. I mean, you just have to have some some type of basicness or you would be a superhero. Right. All right. We're all a little basic. Like, I really want to go to a pumpkin patch. I, and I want to take the photo. What the is the point of a pumpkin patch? I think it's for the photos. And you pick up a, a pumpkin and then you carve it. Which is, again, very basic. <laughs> but why can't you just go to the grocery store and buy a pumpkin? You can, but the pumpkin patch is, like, all about the experience. There's, like, pumpkins everywhere. They have caramel apples. Sometimes they have events. Like, you know. It's, Perfect for when you have kids. Great. It's, it's an autumn activity. I'm really You are so <laughs> hyped right now. Literally smiling yeah. like a little child talking yeah. about the pumpkin patch. I have not been to a pumpkin patch since. I know, we've never been Who together. Knows? I want to go together. I want to experience this with you, baby. Okay, find the pumpkin patch. And we'll go? And we can go. And we'll have like some cider. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Doesn't it I'm sound I'm starting nice? to sweat just thinking about it. I'm so excited. And I want to do a movie in the park. Like I want to watch an autumn movie. They're actually screening um, a scary movie. Not, it's not scary, scary, but just like suspense scary. We don't do demonic scary. But just, yeah, I, we got to get in the mood. It's time. You are so giddy about this. I, I want to go to the pumpkin it's patch. Time. Then we should watch a movie outside. Yeah. In the autumn breeze. Look at oh, your come face. On. Good You're stuff, like man. a little kid. It's good stuff. Hey, you know, I got to find something to be happy about these days. We're on some hard times. Yeah, I understand. Another week, two killings, two black men at the hands of the police. And you hate to to keep bringing these conversations up, but they just keep happening. Yeah. I, I just, I really don't understand. We recorded the race conversation episode a few months ago after the tragic killings of Philando Castile and Alton Sterling. Mm -hmm. And I remember putting a tweet out there saying, I can't believe this, but unfortunately I'm going to, I know I'm going to share a similar tweet soon. And sure enough, 76 days later, here I come with another retweet. And I just, at this point, I don't even, I don't even know where to begin anymore. Yeah. I, I think the problem is that we have plenty of evidence that there is an issue, but we don't have a solution for the issue, or at least as a community, we don't, because like we explained in our last episode, we can't do it alone. As a community, I think we're all hurting and we're all, we're just genuinely at a loss. We don't know what to do. I don't know what the next step is. Well, it's just complete and full denial from the opposite side. Right. And even if it's not full denial, it's the denial of action. To right. change, to recognize, to realize. I mean, you look at the social commentary behind the, the killings of, of Terrence Crutcher and Keith Lamont Scott. And I'm, you just, you it makes you sick to your stomach. Like, this is 2016 and people just make flippant ridiculous statements calling animals you deserve to die i mean just ridiculous mm -hmm. shit and i'm like like are we really are we really here and we're right. really going to continue to deny that there is right. a problem 
in this country when it comes to race. Right. I hate to, to, to be so direct and, and blunt, but that is the, it's just the reality. Let's stop denying the facts. We have a problem. There is a fundamental problem in this country right. that we have to address. And we just can't be those who are oppressed. When we say we, it takes the collective whole, the collective conscious of the American fabric. We have people who get upset when Colin Kaepernick will not stand for the national anthem, yet we have people who are completely fine watching another human shot dead at the hands of police and then left to die in the middle of the street like a pig. Yep. That's the country we live in, y'all. Yeah, that's the reality. We want to bitch and complain about, oh, they're, they're, these athletes are, are raising their fist, protesting the national anthem. They're anti-American. They're unpatriotic. Really? Pe protest peacefully, but don't protest peacefully that way because I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's offensive to my eyes. Get over yourself. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're getting slaughtered in the streets legally. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Our protest, isn't, con our protest isn't convenient for you. Yeah. Our pain isn't convenient for you. Oh, shit. Too damn bad. Our folks have been dealing with this for centuries. And because it makes you feel a little uncomfortable... It makes the hairs on your skin raise. And when you just want to put on some entertainment, you don't want to see your entertainer speaking about real shit. Get over yourself. Obviously, my feelings and frustration mirror Justin's. Another thing that I'm having a hard time with is I can't watch these videos anymore. I, I simply can't. I After Alton Sterling, that was just that second video that was released of him really messed me up. And even this, I, I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning didn't go to sleep till three thirty four. Just, I, I, I literally cannot believe it. It's, it's kind of how it is. And I, we had a discussion about this last night. We're fairly desensitized to seeing blood and guts and just somebody losing their life on this. Fairly? Screen, right? Well, we, we are. Extremely from, desensitized. But I would say that's through movies, right? We see a lot of that. It's nothing new. We've seen this. It's very realistic. Well, what I'm struggling with now is that I have these images in my head that are real. So when you wake up from a nightmare and it's a, from a movie you watch, you go, you can you can explain it away. You can say, well, that wasn't real. There's nothing to be afraid of. I can't do that now. I, I see somebody, I see somebody lose their life. It's on camera. I see that justice will not be served and it's real life. There is nothing. It's reality. The nightmare is real. I don't know what to do about that. And I share that same sentiment, but I feel like I'm doing a disservice. And this is disgusting to even say is I, I feel like I have to watch the video so I can be a well-informed citizen, but it's saddening that I have to watch a person die mm -hmm. to then say, okay, let's now discuss what's going on. Like that's really the state of where we're at. When I try to find the words, I, I, I just recoil and my blood boils because this is a, an ongoing battle. Looking at, at speeches that Malcolm X gave, that Dr. King gave and 50 years ago. Relevant. And the messages are still relevant to this day. Yeah, It's like, come on, y'all. Like, we, we can't be there still. We cannot be there. When we have the terrorist in, in New Jersey and New York planting bombs, he gets in a shootout with the police. A shootout with the police, and he is taken alive. This is a terrorist who they knew was armed and dangerous and was 
shooting at police officers. Mm-hmm. And you know what? We're just going to go ahead and take him alive. What happened to the, to the, to the black man who, who shot at police officers in Dallas? He was blown up by a bomb with a robot. Yep. Now, that comment at all is not defending anyone's actions. Yeah. But I want you guys to look at the parallels. In Dallas, when a man shoots police, he is blown up by a bomb and a robot. When a terrorist, the word that everyone loves to say and everyone loves to fear, terror, 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 terror. But when a terrorist shoots out police, plants bombs, people know they're armed and dangerous, he is taken alive. Do you understand? Like, do, you un- do, you, do you get it? Do you really get what we're saying? These are the parallels that black folks are seeing every single day of their lives. And then you want us to, to protest peacefully. But then when we protest peacefully, you want it to be respectable to your feelings. Yeah. Do you hear, do you listen? Do you hear yourself? Listen to the words you're saying. I think we're just suffering from a lack of equality all the way around, even down to Brock Turner serving three months for raping a woman behind the duster dumpster. He was caught. He was sentenced to six months, which is stupid. And they brought uh, people were bringing up black men who were sentenced to 15 years. The Vanderbilt football player. Look that story. Right. I'm not defending the black player who raped somebody and was sentenced to 15 years. He deserves every year of that sentence. You should, but we need to decide is the, is, the sentence worth six months or is it worth 15 years? Why is there such an unbalance there? I'm a fan of the 15 years. I think that's a great idea. But why is Brock Turner walking free after three months because he was on on good behavior? What? That's an, uh, absurd to me. And also, and I hate to bring this up, but it was my first thought. Officer Shelby is the woman who shot Terrence Crutcher. She was indicted. I don't know. What was the exact timeline? Five days. She was indicted on Thursday. The shooting was on Saturday. Five days after shooting Terrence Crutcher dead. I think that was the right thing to do. And black me was really happy. (laughs) Yes, finally. Female me, however, noticed that, hey, wait a minute. This has happened several times under very similar circumstances yet those white males walk free but five days later the white female what that's absurd absurd i mean there's just inequality and injustice all the way around and i'm not defending officer shelby even though she is she's out right now on bail but I digress. I just think that it's completely unfair. We have a system that is broken. We need to tear it up from the ground floor and rebuild this. We're broken. We're so broken on so many levels. As a man, it's interesting to hear you bring up that point because my mother called me that afternoon and she said, I have to vent. And I said, well, what's going on? And she starts talking about the the Terrence Crutcher killing and then she brings up Officer Shelby And she says, is it strange to you that of all these killings, the first one, the first person that is now going to be the scapegoat is a woman. And as a man, it never crossed my mind. Right. And I just sat there and was silent. I didn't have an answer. Mm -hmm. And it just really started to think like, man, you know what? That is a very good point. And it wouldn't surprise me Mm -hmm. because you're not a member of the good old boys club. Right. 
and it, and it and it doesn't surprise me. And, and I think too, this comes on the heels of a conversation that I was a part of, both Joy and I, a few weeks ago. We were we were having dinner with some friends, and we were just talking about the the current social state of America. And we started talking about the Black Lives Matter movement, Colin Kaepernick's protest. This was before the killings of of Terrence Crutcher and Keith Lamont Scott. But we were just having these the, these conversations with with other educated black individuals just trying to to come up with a a collective consensus on what we can do both us as 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 a, the black community but others as well. Right. And the conversation shifted to toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. And the four women in the room all were singing the same tone and get it and got it and understood and there were three of us men who were in the room and we took a natural defensive stand. Yep. And it was because we didn't understand it. We were looking so hard to, to find this proof mm-hmm. of understanding what you were saying. And as they were explaining it, we were we kept coming back with questions just like, well, what I don't what is this? Well, what is that? Well, why do you say this? And every woman was in full agreement. And the three of us men were just sitting there like, huh. It's not that you didn't even want to believe us, it's that you you almost needed proof. It, it was. We it need- was like you needed proof, and it it was very enlightening for me too because I'm like, wow, here are, these are black men. You guys experience this on a racial level, but yet it does not translate to to gender roles. You don't you don't understand it. To and, di- gender discrimination. And as as the com- as the conversation kept going and kept going, I just took a step back and I said, in that moment, I said, I feel like a white male. And one of the women in the room was just like, wow. What it showed me was as as someone who doesn't understand what's going on. I, I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I don't, I don't know all the nuances that come with it. But for just as a man, I'm programmed to need that burden of proof of constantly saying, well, why, 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 why? Mm-hmm. And I can fully understand it on as a black man when it comes to race. And so when I when I put myself in in a white person's shoes and constantly needing this validation, it's because you can't fully understand it. Right. And because you don't see it, you don't feel it, you don't believe it. Not necessarily that you don't believe it, but because it's not happening to you, you need tangible, full, right. bulletproof evidence that says, okay, now I get it. Right. And it was at that moment where I was just like, shit, we have a long way, a long to, way go. to go. Because if this is how I'm feeling as a man, when it comes to, to, to conversations about toxic masculinity and, and the different things that women have to experience at the hands on of men on a, on a daily, <laughs> yeah. weekly, monthly, Doubly yearly yeah. basis. Mm-hmm. And I had to see the self-deconstruction that I would need to do. What is it like for, for, for a white man who has grown up in, 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 in an era of privilege right. where all these in things- In the position we just, of all the power. Of where we discuss what's going on when you can't see it, mm-hmm. and it and it and it, it deflated me even more because I just felt like if this is what every person has to do as a complete and total self deconstruction of everything that you have been socially programmed to believe, there's no way that anytime soon that we will be anything close to a post racial society, which is a very difficult truth to deal with very difficult i it's so discouraging and all we can do is continue to put up the good fight but i don't see this getting 
not better, but anywhere near as good as it needs to be anytime soon. As I said, it's going to take a full societal deconstruction mm-hmm. of everything that you've known yep, and deconstructing up. oneself the beliefs that you have, mm-hmm. the stories that you've read, the feelings that you have about other people to fully deconstruct your social conscious requires a lot of time, requires effort, requires openness, requires vulnerability, yeah. all things that are uncomfortable. And it requires a great amount of trust too, right? To say, because I remember when we were having that conversation as a woman, I, I, I kept circling back to, why can't you just believe that this is something that's happening to me and say, I support you and I'm going to do what I can to help you? Why couldn't, why with all the questions and why with all the defense, you guys were so defensive, not in a, in a disrespectful way, but just automatically, you guys all took the position of like, well, we're not those kind of guys. We wouldn't do that. And I think that that's exactly what a lot of white people experience on there. And they feel like, well, they're scot-free because they're not that kind of white person. They're not actively contributing to the oppression. But what you don't realize is even though you're not actively contributing, if you're not actively playing your role to de- deconstruct those systems of oppression, then you're just as guilty. You just are. And it's a shitty reality. Nobody wants to, to live deal with in. that. I get that. But that's what it is. Yeah. That is the reality we live in as individuals. We are called to be bigger than ourselves, to mm-hmm. fight for something that's greater. Mm-hmm. We all have a purpose in life, and, and it's different for everyone. Yeah. But we can all fundamentally, fundamentally agree at the core of it all. I don't care if you're a Christian. I don't care if you're an atheist. I don't care if you're a Muslim, if you're Hindu, if you're, if you're Buddhist. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we all have a fundamental core understanding of humanity. Mm-hmm. And if you look at all those teachings, religious, religious teaching, teachings, They all have the same fundamental core values, Mm -hmm. love, respect, Mm -hmm. friendship, hope, Mm -hmm. all of them. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do. We have to get back to connecting on a fundamental level. And in order to do that, you have to accept and realize and deconstruct all the complexities that are right there in front of your face. Right. I would love to get to a place where we can truly say all lives matter and we could just be saying it for fun. Like all lives do matter and I love you and you love me and everything's okay. But right now we're in the crisis. We are in a state of emergency. Black lives matter. We need help. Please help us. And if you're tweeting that all lives matter shit, please get off my timeline. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll block you. It's fine. <laughs> you don't have to leave. I will. I'll escort you out. But let's get to a place where we can say it's all about the human race. I do. I want to be one race, the human race. And I want diversity to be this thing where we love one another and respect one another and trust one another and embrace embrace each other for our differences, not hold our differences against each other. That's that's my dream. That's my version of I have a dream. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I, am, I mean, I'll probably be looking from heaven, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we <laughs> all are. Me and happy, and you yeah. look in this political season and, and where we're at with the election coming up in, in November, and it's just so critical at yeah. these times. And it's it's just a very to me a sad state of America that these right. two individuals are the candidates that we have to vote for, and 
and before I was like really out of all the people in America, like these are the two <laughs> that we have to, to to vote for. But then I started thinking about it. I said, you couldn't pay me to be run for the president of the United States. Mm-mm. You couldn't pay me. Right. Literally could not pay me to have the worst job in the world. <laughs> To be the president of the United States. And so when I thought about that, I was like, well, maybe that's it. Because the people who could really make a difference don't want to sign up for that. Yeah. And do I fault, do I fault them for that? It, it, it's tough. And, and I said, despite you know, who, you, who you're voting for, our, our biggest thing is we encourage all of you to make sure you get out there and vote. Yeah. It is so critical that your, your voice is heard. And I've heard a lot of friends, and I've been guilty of this at times as well, of saying, well, my vote doesn't matter. It doesn't count. Well, you may be only one person. And yes, when you look at the grand scheme of it, of it all, one vote or one person is not going to make a change. But if there is 5 million, 10 million, 20 million people who are thinking the exact same way as you, who are saying my vote doesn't matter, my voice doesn't matter. Well, that's now 5 to 20 million different votes mm-hmm. who are no longer affecting change. Yeah, and I with this election especially – one candidate in particular is going to make things pretty bad for literally any minority. So get out there and, and let your voice be heard. Don't silence yourself even more than America already has. Please. Like, you know, Preach. like if you have at least a privilege, use it. Use it. You can vote. Go vote. Speaking of politics and voting, I couldn't imagine dating someone who didn't share the same political views as me. And I'm not saying that we have to agree on all political policies, but just in general, Mm -hmm. whether you're red or if you're blue, Mm -hmm. regardless, doesn't matter. But in seeing my views, I'm very interested how couples out there who do not agree politically find a way to still manage a, a strong relationship. And we've discussed this before. Neither one of us were particularly politically inclined when we met not at all we were very young so we didn't really know on whether we were left-leaning or right-leaning when we met that's not even something I thought to ask you about never crossed my mind not even going into marriage it is not something I thought about granted you and I are pretty aligned so maybe there was no reason for me to think about it even as we've grown older and you know, really analyze, hey, what are our values as far as politics go? But I, yeah, I, I don't know what I would do if you were just like the exact opposite of me. I don't think we would have gotten married. I don't think it can work. <laughs> in, in all honesty, I, I really... It can work on some... You just would literally have to not talk about it. I think that's what you do. You just you refuse but, to talk about but politics. When you, but we talk about what is the cornerstone of every successful relationship? Is communication. communication. So yeah. you're going to not talk about it? Do you think that's going to solve something? I don't think it would solve it, but I do think that it would. Because th- that's a conflict you can't solve, right? If I think A and you think B and you're not willing to move from your position, what are you going to solve? There's no problem solving within that. And it goes back to core values of a relationship, though. We can't sacrifice our core values. And oftentimes our political affiliation is somewhere it's in a line core. with yeah. our core values. Yeah. Not identically, but there is definitely some alignment between your core values, your core beliefs that you cannot sacrifice in a relationship and your political affiliation. So if you're dating someone yeah. who does not have that same political affiliation, it is safe to say that on a core value level, 
they disagree with you in some fashion. And if you're looking to bring kids into this world and you're looking to start a family, how can you grow with someone whose core is not aligned with yours? Because it's like, what do you teach them? And you can't teach it. Well, daddy's wrong (laughs) or mommy's wrong. I mean, perfect example. If you're in a household where, where, where mom is voting for Trump and dad is voting for Hillary or vice versa, how does that conversation go? Mom's not voting for Trump. Let's go ahead and reverse that. But no, it, it, there's no, I mean, not no way. They're women for Trump, but he's awful. But no, but, they, but, they, but seriousness, awful. I mean, you look at these candidates, they couldn't be more on opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. And if you have, if your significant other is like, I'm voting for Trump, and then you're saying, I'm voting for Hillary, or vice versa, how can you literally go to bed at night and be like, yep, everything is fine? Right. I have no how? idea. Yeah, silence. <laughs> you you, like, you oh. literally can't make sense of that. It's not possible. It's not a good problem to have. I go ahead and say that. There's just, I don't, because there's no middle ground. And you're just, I don't think that you're screwed. I don't want to say that you're screwed because I do think there probably are couples out there who are making it work. I think we're actually simply asking how. We would genuinely like to know. But I think those who are making it work are the ones that are in the middle. There are times where you're you're socially liberal but fiscally conservative. Or right. vice versa. There's right. there's variance to the to the scale, mm-hmm. but in 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 it all, I would be curious if you're dating someone right now who has complete opposite political views of you. Like I said, in a political season, how do you guys sit and watch the news together mm-hmm. and then debate and have conversations and be like, yeah, everything is fine? Mm-hmm. Because I know how emotionally charged I get about certain topics and certain conversations and the person that I'm looking to spend the rest of my life with, who I have vowed to commit to spend the rest right. of my life with, fundamentally, fundamentally disagrees. disagrees with things that are emotionally center of who I am as a person. Right. That's a problem. Yeah. yeah. Single folks out there. I mean, this is real. It's, uh, it is something you should for sure you gotta, think about. You got to ask. You need to add this to your checklist. Your you have checklist. to talk about it. Yeah. I think you and I are both fairly liberal and we're the same degree of liberal too i I don't think do you think i'm more liberal than you in any way or no and it goes back to the scale there's a sliding scale there's certain things that you're really gung-ho about i'm like i agree with you but i'm not as emotionally driven the same way you are i get really upset when anybody talks about the lgbt community in a disrespectful light i just do because i and i especially like anyone who is a minority I really don't understand that. But again, that goes back to the conversation is like, you're just used to your oppression. I, I can't deal with it though. Cause I just don't understand how you cannot draw the similarities. Don't get me started. We can't get me started. I've, <laughs> I've been on many a Twitter rants about this. No, many. It, <laughs> it's tough. I mean, and there's just, as I was saying though, single people, you really have to start asking these questions, you know, in a relationship, it is so, it is so absolutely critical mm-hmm. to be aligned on a core level. Mm-hmm. It does not mean we agree on everything. But right. who we are as a core, you can't sacrifice and strip who you are at your core. Right. And if you are dating someone whose core is not aligned with you, there is going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. So if you are out there looking to, 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 to date people, it is a great time. In this season, it is great to, to sit yeah. and watch and, and have these conversations. And by the time this, this podcast released, the first polit- presidential debate would have happened. Right. If you're dating somebody, sit down and watch that debate with them and see what happens. Right. What are their responses to some of these questions? Mm-hmm. And if you're over here looking like, huh? Huh? Yeah, you but I love him on. or but I love her. Do you? Uh, 
yeah, you may love them, but it may be time to really ask them some real questions. Yeah, because that just that spells problems down the road, hundred percent. It's not a joke, hundred percent. Yeah, and, and we can't overemphasize it again, guys. Get out there and vote. Register to vote. I know I have been guilty before and saying, "Well, my vote doesn't count. I don't need to vote." But I've you said voted it. still. I did, but I've yeah. I've said that recently within the last few years. Like, I don't need to. I don't need to vote. My vote doesn't matter. But then when you think about it and say, well, if 9 million, 10 million people think the same way, look at the amount of change that's just being left undone. Right. So I'm going to go out there and vote. Make sure you guys do the same. Election day is November 8th. I feel like the severely ignorant people are out there. So out. Like, like if you, if you've got a brain, don't, because I, I think that that is Yo. kind of your immediate response if you are a conscious being you're like well you know what neither one of these candidates are exactly aligning with what change i want to see it doesn't need to be exact if somebody is just pure evil that's good <laughs> enough reason to be like hey you know what let me go ahead and vote against that sometimes it's not about voting for somebody it is about voting against someone else and that's okay the deadline for voter registration is october 24th please 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 register so that your voice can be heard on november 8th and again, we want to hear from those of you who are single or those of you right now who are in a relationship with someone whose political views differ from yours. Tweet us, email us, let us know how does that work for you? Because right now my brain literally cannot comprehend, comprehend yeah. living with someone or marrying someone or, or being in a serious committed relationship with someone who fundamentally disagrees with a lot of things that are central to who I am as an individual. And also, if you're married and you didn't think about having this conversation before you entered into your union, let us know how that's worked out for you. I'd love to to see if there are other people who are like us and didn't really think about it. As always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and share it with your friends. And also connect with us on social media. You can head to our website, lovejays.com, and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. We'll see you next week.